Welcome to the Inside Slant Podcast. Inside Slant Podcast. Brought to you by JayhawkSlant.com. Shay, where do you rank Bill Self's class? It's definitely one of the top 10 classes in the country. Bringing you all the latest info from the coaches, players, and recruits. Kirby, how big is this commitment? Well, he's the type of recruit that can change the whole class. For all of the latest KU news, analysis, and discussion, go online to JayhawkSlant.com, the online leader in recruiting and team coverage. Here's the staff from JayhawkSlant.com. Hey everybody, this is Randy Withers. Welcome into another edition of the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. And man, do we have a lot to cover with you today. We're going to get into Kansas basketball. We're going to talk about a almost unheard of three-game losing streak for the Kansas Jayhawks under head coach Bill Self. We're going to talk a lot about football recruiting. The late signing day, late signing period is coming up with signing day just a week away, although the staff really had most of their work done after the early period ended last month. So with that, let me go ahead and bring in our man on the men's basketball beat, my buddy, our guy from the Allen Fieldhouse Suite. Mr. Shea Wildeboer. Shea, how are you tonight? I'm doing good, man. How are you, brother? I'm good, man. I'm real good. Tell man, I I know the re- the natives have been getting restless over there on the the fieldhouse side of the slant, man. It's it's it, it's it's a rough time to be a Kansas basketball fan, although that sounds bizarre to even say. Yeah, but I mean, does it should it really be though? I mean, dude, they no, just it shouldn't. That. I know, right? I mean, I mean, do they? Do, uh, sometimes I've listen. I had a buddy, you know. I'm sure that you, and I'm sure it's the same with John. Like I have buddies that are K State guys and Oklahoma guys and mm-hmm. Nebraska guys. And here, here's here, basically here's my response, Ben. Okay, I've been doing this since Bill Self arrived, even before, but a credentialed member of the media since Bill Self arrived. Okay, four mm-hmm. Final Fours, three title games, two title winners. 14 straight Big 12 regular season championships I've covered, uh, all-time leader in wins, um, and the beat goes like on and on and on. Never been lower than a, what, a four seed? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like, I, mean I, I know we have to have something to discuss and, and all those things, but it's like the whole sky is falling thing. It's, it, 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 and listen, we all love our jobs or we wouldn't be doing it, but sometimes it, it really does get exhausting. I mean, it's oh, like yeah. – I mean, it's like, and and I don't know if you if you if your family members are Kansas fans or if like Kirby yep. has family. I know his kids are going there. It's like then you get family calling you, and they're like, "Oh my what's god, what's going on? What's going?" On? And I'm like, you, hey, I, was, I was like, my, I was talking to my mom the other night. I was like, "Mom, are you healthy?" She's like, "Yeah, I'm healthy." I was like, "Did KU win a title last year?" Yeah. I was like, "Is Kansas City in an AFC championship game for the fifth straight year?" Yeah. I was like, "Do you really have anything to complain?" I mean, really. <laughs> Really, I mean, do, do, would, would people love it if KU went three and zero the last three games and, and won at KU? Yeah, sure, but really, if you at the end of the day, if you look at it, I mean, it's it's and I get it, dude. I mean, I understand there was a part of me, and I think the same is probably for you covering a team and Kirby. Like, there's a there's a fan side that kind of goes away, yeah. And, and you take this job, you have to take this job like a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I get it. I mean, I'm the same way with the Chiefs. Um, so I get it, but it's like there's the the panic and like the I mean, you guys, it's and I know we'll dig into this in a little bit, but I I promise everybody listening tonight or tomorrow or the next day, everything is going to be fine. I promise you. 
I think, you know, Stealth's track record speaks for itself. Absolutely. And you With look at that. it, and, and KU still really, at the end of the day right now, on a, on a Thursday night, the, uh, three nights before they play Kentucky, is one game out after K-State's loss last night. One game out. Shane, so. I got you wound up way too early. I can tell you've been a little you, – you've been waiting for this. So, right. So hold right. a little bit back. I got to, let, me, let me bring Kirby in before we get too far into all this craziness. Sure. Like I said, our man on the from the Memorial Stadium slant suite, the – most esteemed, shall we say, member of the Kansas football beat, our publisher, Jayhawk Slant, Mr. John Kirby. John, how are you? Randy, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I heard you and Shay talking there, and I mean, those are third world problems when you cover KU football. I mean, <laughs> you know, right. it, it, it's like the thread that popped up the other day. It was, it was like, isn't it nice on the football side of the slant? And I, I, I just laughed. I was at work when I saw that thread pop up, and I was like, I was like. That's a very good point, you know, and it's it's this is one of the best times in recent in, in not just recent memory, but a be- one of the best times in a long time to be a Kansas Jayhawk fan after, you know, the turnaround under Lance Leipold and just his second year going to a bowl game. The, you know, the it was a loss, but still the most entertaining bowl game of the year against Arkansas. And that being just what? Seven, six, seven months after Bill Self winning his second national championship with the Kansas Jayhawks. I mean, it's there are a lot worse situations to be in. Well, here, here's what it is, and guys. He, and I, listen, I've been around this a long time, okay. And and you got to understand is like, you know, fan a fan is fanatic, okay. And it's yep. And when when expectations change, I mean, we all know what the expectations are for Kansas basketball every year. Okay, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you lose three straight. I mean, hey, listen now, it's the the world's about to collapse, right? Well, I mean, you <laughs> you go through the football board, okay? And Lance Leipold, mm-hmm. listen, they exceeded all expectations getting to a bowl this year, but now oh, yeah. here's your problem: is you go through and you start seeing comments of people going, "Oh, well, I mean, six wins." I mean, six wins next year, bust, you know? So, I mean, it's funny because now that they've done what they've done with football and shown they can get to a bowl and, and, you know, exceed what everybody thought they could do, now the perception and the expectations are there. Well, you got to get back to a bowl, right? And they may not. I remember Mangino went six and, what, seven with Bill Whittemore in 2003. They won their six games. They shocked everybody. And the next year, hey, this program's rolling. And the next year, Mangino had a really good football team, and they won four games, and they didn't get to a bowl. So I'm just mm-hmm. saying, you know, that's how the world works with fans. And they're great. You know, we, we love all the KU fans. We love all the sports fans. But, you know, expectations sometimes can get a little out of whack and just what you become used to. And Randy, I, I saw I saw that thread too, Randy. Now let me ask you this: on the last on the last overtime play of that game against Arkansas, they brought in the backup, right? Bean yep, was it? Jason Bean. Go yep, back Jason and find Bean. that thread. Go back and find that thread and tell me what the rea- reaction was like. People were losing their minds. Okay, that's it. We can move on. That's it. That's it. Oh, yeah. I, I oh, yeah. went, he had to go, he had to say something on Twitter and like was the whole hey I'm sorry and so so, so here's the thing. I don't. It doesn't matter what sport it is, what board you're on, what you're covering, who you are. It's the the the, the frustrating thing for me is is like it, it happens on both boards. It's not just the oh, football no board question. or the basketball board. No it question. happens everywhere. Everywhere. Oh yeah. Hey, hey listen. Everywhere. Uh, yeah. Every Sunday. Okay. 
half the football teams in America, it's it's time to fire a coach, fire right. a coordinator. I mean, it's right. just like that. Um, hey, I want to say this. Say you, Shay, you said people lose their minds. I about lost my mind when I got up and saw a text message at five in the morning. From five o'clock in the morning. Late the school district saying school's canceled. I go to I look out the <laughs> I, I, I look out the window and I mean there is not one piece of snowflake on the street. Are I mean, you the, kidding me? The, no, the streets are totally clear. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I go, what in wow. the hell is going on? And here's the great thing now, and Kirby, you've been doing this for a few years. Like Kemper's driving now, so I don't have like hit, hit the alarm at five. I see there's a, a no school. I can go right to bed. I don't have like you know he's he gets up, he gets his thing, and so it's like it. it, it I used to love it because it would allow me the opportunity to not have to get up and do all that stuff. But now he's mm-hmm. on his own, so I just you know I'm hey man, I'm right back to bed. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying I don't know no, how they crazy. cancel school. I don't know why they cancel school. Oh but. no. Oh, well, it's, it, you know, this morning it, I got up and, you know, I'm listening to the radio and everything. And, and it was interesting because, you know, Lee Zach's on 810 and he said he was like, yeah, he said the fact that it never got to it never got below freezing. It just ended up slushy in most parts of town. The roads weren't slick or anything. And that was like you say, that's if you actually got precipitation. And there were lots of places that didn't. I mean, we're, you know, right here at the, you know. Old Northeast, just the just across the river from North Kansas City, basically. You know, we got maybe maybe half an inch on either side of the river, and that was it. I mean, it wasn't anything bad, and and there were still schools over here. Some of them canceled, and I it's it's crazy. I hey, I, I, don't I don't understand it. So you know, we had the we had the schools canceled this morning, and you know, my wife she she worked a twenty four hour shift at the hospital. She's a nurse, and oh oh she, wow, she's just like. Why'd they cancel school? I'm like, I don't know. So, you know, you had that. And then I right around lunch, I can't remember when it was. I was on Twitter and mm-hmm. I started seeing guys in the media were at the Chiefs press conference today. And everybody has like live video of Mahomes coming onto the podium. I then, saw some of that. And, yeah. and coming <laughs> off. And then I sat there and I was reading for like five or 10 minutes just the reactions of everybody trying to break down his walk. hey did you notice he stepped a little gingerly off the bottom step he's obvious and people other people were like oh his ankle looks great i'm gonna go bet on the chiefs Uh, oh yeah well and it's it's again it goes back to exactly what you said when we first got started fan is short for fanatic and and twitter as we all know twitter is is a cesspool of humanity and and there's also the fact that yeah it is when it comes to sports opinion of any kind it's just a it's a debacle and and Wait. then there's stuff like that that you almost just have to laugh at you're like you guys are seriously breaking down the performance of a grown man going up the steps and down the steps it's two, two steps. steps two steps yes. right it wasn't just nine two steps ah uh, it's randy it's we got to have this one though no more no, no more burrow head man. no more all this we got i mean we got to have it i mean i'm, we, I, I'm gotta so have it. like it's I'm gonna be so damn nervous by by the time Sunday afternoon gets here. I, right. I went and grabbed some carry out down on Southwest Boulevard, and I was talking to a guy at the restaurant that I know, and he told me he was like, "Man, he said I've got Xanax ready for Sunday because there's oh. no way I'm gonna make it till 5:30." <sighs> and I was like, "I was like, man, that's that that's not a bad strategy." Right. I, I'm not. I was like, that that might be what it takes because ew, this is. Ugh. All right, so oh. we've we've you know what? Let's. 
let's have some structure here. Let's do what we're actually here to do. Shay, three-game losing streak. Three games in a row this squad has lost to Kansas State, to TCU, to Baylor. Kind of tell us, you know, recap that a little bit and, and you know, what has – What's caused this? And do people have, do they have anything to worry about right no, now? No, no. Listen, the, I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day who, who covers the team too. Um, mm-hmm. The Big 12 was really good, you guys. I mean, really good. So you go to K-State, right? Um, six for 26 from behind the arc. Um, obviously, Jalen Wilson has a, has a great game, 38 points. Um, hits the three to put him up by, which would have been four, I believe. Self calls the timeout. You end overtime um, with three starters on the bench. It happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 listen, and I'm going to say this so I don't overlook. I mean, Wilson, Jalen Wilson needs help. He cannot, then he scores 30 against TCU, which was never a game. Again, they get down double digits. The theme, obviously, you get to Baylor, you get down double digits. The theme so far in the Big 12 play is getting down early um, and, and, and Wilson having to carry the load. I mean, he needs help. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, Grady Dick um, early on was really strong, and and I thought his game against Baylor was really good. Um, he didn't shoot the ball particularly well, but getting to the basket is an element of his game that's going to open up his shot from the outside. Because right now teams are just face guarding him and not giving him any looks. Um, yeah, but he, the, the, the concerning thing for me right now is getting down big early. Um, yeah. Not playing with that level of intensity on the defensive end that they were early on. You go back and watch how they defended against Indiana, and you're like, oh, damn. They guarded hard. They guarded hard. Uh, and, and listen, I mean, like missing layups. Uh, there, was a, there was a sequence late in the game against Baylor where Kevin McCuller had two open looks from the corner. Missed ones. I think maybe it was K.J. Adams grabbed the offensive rebound, kicked it back out, and he missed it again. Mm-hmm. And, and and listen against Baylor and, and Bill Self kind of alluded to this last night, you guys. And, I, and I'm you go back and look at my posts and stuff, and I'm I'm not that guy. But the calls down the stretch were horrid. I mean that call on Grady Dick when they're up, when they finally get the lead, up one, you know, late in the game. Grady Dick drives to the basket and they call a charge. I believe it was horrible calls. I mean, just horrible calls. And and mm-hmm. um, there have been a few games like that this year. And, and Self even re- referenced it last night. I mean, just. Um, you know, they're not getting the breaks. They're not getting the calls that, you know, a team like Kansas generally gets. Um, you know, but the slow starts are absolutely killing this team. And, you know, McCuller had, had, a, had a pretty good game the other night, but he was, you know, most of his points, I believe he was 8 of 8 from the free throw line and um, really struggling from the field right now. And until those guys, they're not getting anything from Dewan Harris. Um, you know, just going back to the TCU game, for example, they got uh, TCU scored 39 bench points, and I think KU's – um, ended eight points off the bench and five from scholarship players. I think the the uh, sixth, seventh, eighth point came from Michael Jankovic three. So they're just they're not things aren't coming together the way you thought they might be at this stage. You know, after that ten game winning streak. You know, we've talked about the streak now, and 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 how you know things just haven't really matched up with what people thought they were going to see by this point in the Big Twelve season. Tell me this: What can this squad do to get things back on track? Got I mean, they, they got to start defending. I mean, that's the first thing. They got to come out and they got to collectively, um, you know, they they have to be better as Dewan Harris, man, is is really to me. I mean, he, he's turning down open shots. Um, you know, the, the game against Baylor, he had a wide open. It looked like a wide wide open um drive to the basket for a layup. Um, and he passed it off and was a turnover. I'm um, just little things like that. And and they got to get stuff from the bench. I mean, guys are coming in and passing up open looks. You know, I was thinking to myself the other night, I can't remember the last time, you know, maybe aside from Jalen, aside from Grady, maybe Kevin. I mean, guys are like really giving up open looks. 
Like, I'm mm-hmm. thinking to myself, who wants to take the big shot here? Um, you know, they got to make the easy plays, the easy layups. You know, they got to hit shots when they're open. They got to defend. Do you and, think, is this getting in their head, Shay? I think so. Yeah, I, I do a little bit. I do. I, you know, Jalen Wilson, um, I think after the TCU game, just kind of looked like like he didn't have any answers. I mean, he, he did. And when you when you're a team like Kansas that isn't used to something, and let me say this, you guys, this, this is a. Mon- I know people look at the the jerseys, the name on the front of the jerseys, and oh TCU, oh K State, oh you know uh, uh, you know Kansas had their way with Baylor. These are really good teams. I mean, this these the are best really league in the country. This right, is the absolutely. best league in the country. Right. And and here's what I was uh, talking to another guy about the other day. Like when KU gets in the tournament, you know, they're going to be able to make a run because they're not going to face a team that they see in the Big 12 until late in the tournament. I mean, you look up and their one seed could be um, Houston. I think you take that right now simply because the the physicality that that this league is giving Kansas night in and night out is like something that, that, that no other conference sees. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at this. You guys, Kentucky is unranked. Duke is unranked. Carolina, the preseason number one team in America, is unranked. Look, look at how great Connecticut is. Like, I, I like that last thing you said. I right. like that a lot. Right. Look, I mean, Connecticut was great early on. Mm-hmm. And, and they're struggling. I mean, at least uh, last night you had number five K-State, number 12 Iowa State beating the hell out of each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, this league is brutal. You know, you got to stay healthy. And, and Kansas needs Jalen Wilson. Kansas needs Grady Dick. Kansas needs Kevin McCuller. They need a low post presence, and they need some guys off the bench. And you know what Hawk talked last night? Self said the one guy that he thinks that's going to help this team is, is yes, Joseph Yesifu. Mm-hmm. But, you know, those guys got to be given minutes. Shay, I mean, you've at the been... beginning of the year, you know, I thought I thought McDonald's All-Americans like uh, MJ Rice, Joseph Yesifu, uh, um, and a highly regarded guy, Zach Clements, would be playing significant minutes. None of them are playing significant minutes. These but, starters but, are playing way too many minutes. But like Self said last night, too, one of the issues with MJ is the, the back. They don't back. know when he's – they're not sure when he's right, when he's going to be – how long he's going to be able to be get in there. Right. And then it turns into a game where they can't necessarily get him consistent minutes. And it, then then the next time you're like, oh, OK, well, we're going to get you in. And then his back tightens up. I mean right. it's, 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 it's tough. Now, right. now the next kind of – you know, you've already kind of touched on it. You've been covering the Big 12 for 20-plus years now. Where do you rank – I mean, we we talked about this, the best league in the country, but where do you rank the competitiveness competitiveness of the Big 12 this year? Is this the best you've ever seen it top to bottom? And and I'm, I think you've already established this. It's the best league in the country, right? Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, from top to bottom, Randy, I can't remember a, um, a, a tougher Big I mean, every night is a gauntlet. And mm-hmm. I knew it was when Self last week said, hey, you guys, you know, I think there's a mandatory one day off a week or whatever it is. He yeah. says, we need to make this a two-day off league. You know, I mean, these guys are just, I mean, just beating that. Listen, K- KU will go to, listen, KU went to K-State, came home to TCU, went to Baylor, right? Mm-hmm. Go to Kentucky Saturday, come home and play K-State Tuesday, and then turn around and go to Iowa State. Are you kidding me? Mm. I mean, I, I would encourage fans from any school to just sit down for a second and and look at that schedule. Let's call. I mean, they're getting ready to go beating play each other. They're set. beating each other to death, is what it is. To death, absolutely. And and what 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 makes it worse for a team like Kansas is is all the the five starters are playing way too many minutes. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like they're just 35, 36, 37, overtime game, 45 minutes, 42 minutes. I mean, they're just, there's no, there's no rest. Like, I'd be interested to see, we have media availability tomorrow in Lawrence. I'd be interested to see when talking to Bill, what the schedule for this like has been like. I'm guaranteeing you it's been rest. Get off your feet. We're playing Kentucky. Um, and when I say we, I'm telling what the Bill's telling the guys. Yeah. Guys, we, need re- we need rest is what he's telling them. Okay. Now Take you care of your thinking. bodies. Get, get, in the way, or get in the training or get in the training room. Um, and, and, you know, we're, he's going to take Kentucky seriously. But the thing for him is getting ready Tuesday for K-State and then turning around and getting ready for You're talking about the number five team in America and then the number 12 team in America back-to-back. Okay, you mentioned the games. Two big matchups against Kentucky and against Huge. Kansas State. How does this team – you talked about it. You tell them, get off your feet, try to get recovered, You know, do what you can. How is this team going to respond in these next two matchups, Shay? You know, you know, going into, uh, you know, Kentucky struggled a little bit early. Um, you know, now that they've won, I think, four in a row. I was looking at today during my pregame stuff. You know, Oscar Schwebe is a, a handful. I mean, he's going to, Calipari is going to send him to the glass and he's going to um, rebound the hell out of the basketball. So, so my concern when I look at a team like Kentucky is, you know, how is Kansas going to fare on the glass? How are they going to respond? I mean, they got, you know, you got Oscar that averages like 13 rebounds a game. You got Jacob Toppin, um, who's a double digit or close to rebounder. Um, you're going into Kentucky, um, obviously a team that, that really handled you last year at home. Um, I, I would expect Kansas to respond, but I think my my biggest thing is what happens Tuesday night. That That's kind of where, you know, you look up, you're, you're a game back. Um, you know, you've got an opportunity to make a statement Tuesday night. And I just think I think the Kentucky game is important, but I don't think it pales in comparison to to what Tuesday night means to this team and kind of getting back on track. No um, question. No, I mean, question I, obviously, you know, you, you want to keep what well, I think Kansas is now down to six or um, I think it's a five or six game lead over. <clears throat> Um, you know, it's going to be a nationally televised game. Um, you know, recruits are going to be watching and fans. I mean, everybody's going to be watching, but it. um It'll be, it, you know, it could turn into a four-game losing streak. But I think the thing is, is, um, you know, getting out of that game healthy, um, you know, playing well. If you can sneak one on the road, sneak one on the road, but get home and get ready for Tuesday night because that's where it's at. I mean, that's kind of that, that's where you focus from that point on. Big Twelve basketball only, and you have a chance to really make a statement Tuesday night. And to me, that's, I mean, that's 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 what I'm telling my guys if I'm Bill. Hey, Kentucky's important. You know, we want to play well, get back on track, but. Tuesday night is is the game I'm circling for sure. Shay, let's let's end this thing with this one last question. What kind of scoop, you know, what's going on right now behind the scenes in regards to recruiting? Give me a few of the top names that you're following for this next class for the Kansas Jayhawks. Yeah, that, that, you know, Randy, I had a, a, a friend of mine ask me that the other day. Here's the thing with this class. Obviously, they've signed um, they've signed really three really good perimeter guys um, that are going to come in next year, right? Mm-hmm. The thing moving forward with this staff, and I, I think it's it's kind of the landscape of the way things are turning. I think a week after the season ends, is we'll not, there's going to be defections, you guys. I mean, there's going to be guys leave for the draft. There's going to be guys that hit the portal. And I think KU's focus at that point will be, hey, who can we get in the portal to bring in? I mean, they had a guy that come in. Um, God, I think it was for the T, I think it was for the TCU game. Uh, David Castile, uh, a five-star guard from out in Oklahoma. Um, obviously he he's a big guy you're going to want to keep an eye on. 
Um, but you know, I, I think the the focus will be the 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 portal. I do. I think you know, um, I think you're going to see probably some guys at the end of the season. Um, you know, decide maybe that they need to find another place to call home. I think, um, you know, Self obviously needs to get a big man in here. Uh, and he's got one, obviously, in, in, in Joseph, or I'm sorry, in uh, Ernest Uday, who's got a chance to be a really good player. And, and I think K.J. Adams has played really well. But I think you need to find an established big man. You know, poor Cam Martin, it just hasn't worked out. Um, you know, I think you need to uh, find another guy um, with some experience that can come in and hit shots, um, you know, take some pressure on the guys that will be here. Because obviously, you know, Jalen Wilson's going to probably be gone. Um, Kevin McCullough will be gone. Um, I'm guessing that Grady Dick leaves. Um, you know, I think some other guys will have some decisions. So I think that the key with this team now is you've got a you've got a nucleus of guys here. Um, you've got some really good perimeter guards coming in. Um, now you need to find um, some established guys that can come in that have played the game and that can that can immediately help this team now. I mean, they need guys that can come in and play right away. That's our man Shea Wildevore on the men's basketball beat. Shea, we appreciate you jumping on with us. All right, fellas, have a good night. Talk to you. That's our man Shea Wildeboer on the Kansas men's basketball beat from Jayhawk Slant. Now we're going to transition back to Kansas football, bringing my man John Kirby. And, Kirby, we're about to wrap up this 2023 signing class. I know that most of the high school prospects signed in the early signing period. And as of yesterday, all of the transfer portal players are on campus and have started classes now. That said, with those two groups really already in the fold, are are we in for a quiet weekend here? Well, we are in terms of, you know, juniors, which they've had some guys in, and now now we're about ready to go dead period with all the juniors. Mm-hmm. I thought we were in for a quiet weekend. And then, Randy, right before we started this podcast, I just spoke with, and I'll have more on this uh, tomorrow, but I just spoke with Akili Hubbard, who he's been mentioned on the board before. He is a safety prospect out of Golden West Community College out on um, on the West Coast in California. Uh-huh. Tall, he's a tall, long safety, like about 6'2", 6'2 205. Oh, wow. And Brian Borland has been recruiting him. And I, I know, you know, he's been starting to get some pretty heavy interest. Um, I know he's talked to coaches from UCLA, Oregon State. I think UTEP and La Tech just offered here recently. And, and Kansas was one of the first to really get on him an offer. You know, Kansas has a – there's a connection there with Golden West because over the summer they got a linebacker, Alex Rach, who I've heard some really good things about. So, so they, they trust the evaluations, what they're hearing from Golden West there. So – what was going to be a quiet weekend now becomes a weekend that, you know, we got to start paying attention. I thought it was going to be a no-visit weekend. So this will be interesting. Akili Hubbard will be in for an official visit. I just talked to him. I'll have a story coming. So a new name on the radar and a new visitor. Okay. There's some some good scoop for people that are listening to us. Now, you know, I saw something on the board where you said that you know, combing the high school player ranks and the portal players, you feel like this is one of the best classes from a star rating that the Kansas football program has had in in quite a while. Tell me a little bit, you know, where's that coming from and and what do you see when you look at these two groups? Yeah, Randy, you know, it's hard now. We had this discussion on the board the other day. It's hard when you take high school classes and then start putting them in with portal classes because some Mm -hmm. guys – just go sign 25 high school kids and no portal guys. Some guys sign 20 high school players and five portal guys. Some guys sign 
half and half, right? So how do you really rank them? And it's hard because you weigh them differently because a high school kid, you know, is a four-year kid. But then a portal kid, you've actually had a chance to see him play in college and how he mm-hmm. reacts against Division One competition. But when you look at the, the 13 high school guys right now that are committed, I mean, they're all between 5'5 five, five and 5'7 five, three-star guys. There's no two-star guys in this group. I think that's the first time that Kansas hasn't had a two-star high school football player on their commitment list I mean, going back years and years and years. Okay, good point. So then good you point. then you look at the rivals where, where we've got the rankings right now. We're ranking the individual players. We're getting ready to start putting some, oh, some more composites, if you will, but more combining of rankings in soon. But right now, of the guys, and I believe my numbers are right on this. There's a four star, Logan Brown, and then there's seven three stars. Okay, so I mean, for a portal class. That's a pretty solid class. So when you combine that all in, and right now the one two-star guy in the portal rankings is Spencer Lavelle, who, I mean, he's he played at Arizona State for three years. He started the first three games at Cal last year. I mean, he's he's played Power 5 football. So if he's your two-star guy, it's not a bad deal. So right now on paper, if you ask me, like, from a pure – star ranking, which we always mm-hmm. get into, this is a good class. I mean, when you take everything and combine them together, now somebody mentioned on the board, because see, the problem is right now, the way Rivals ranks high school classes, Kansas doesn't have nearly enough commitments because they haven't recruited enough high school players to accumulate all the points. But if they did, I mean, their class would be much higher rated than it is right now. But right now, they're only getting credit for 13 commitments. And, you know, Rivals gives you credit for your top 20 guys. Okay, if you uh-huh. sign 25, you get, you're get you graded off your top 20 recruits. So, you know, you're missing out on a lot of points. And somebody on the board made a comment that said, you know, where does Kansas rank points per recruit? And, and I'll have to go back and look at those numbers. But I think if you actually take the points per recruit – I think Kansas is probably I don't know middle middle of the Big Twelve just just on that. So l- listen, bottom line is they've done a nice job with the portal. They've done a very solid job getting a lot of good high school guys in. So right right now I like the class. I know next week with signing day, you and I'll get on and, and break it all down more. But I like what I've seen so far. Now, John, over the weekend the Hawks got a late commitment from Jacoby Davis. Talk about the cornerback that they added to this group. Yeah, I like him. He's a baller. I mean, this kid, you know, he had early offers from Georgia, Tennessee, Michigan, Auburn. There was a bunch of schools, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jordan Peterson is down there in that area, and he's from down around there. I know General Manager Rob Ionello has always had really, really strong ties and relationships to North Shore. And, you know, Randy, sometimes at Kansas – you're not going to get the 5'11 corner who looks like a million bucks when he walks in the door. And, you know, somebody told me on Jacoby Davis that Will Muschamp from Georgia offered him based off of his film. But then when he had a chance to see him in person, he's about 5'9". Okay? Well, Georgia, where they're at in their program, they're probably not taking many 5'9 corners. All right? But when Kansas, and and I go back to when Mangino built the program, Sometimes you take a kid who can just flat out play football. And that's what uh-huh. they did. That's what they did with Jacoby Davis. Forget the height. 
This kid, man, he will hit you. He's got great closing speed. I watched some film of him. I watched him play Duncanville. And, I mean, Duncanville is loaded with talent. So, yes, sir. You know, I think he's one of the best gets in the class. And let me tell you, he plays at North Shore High School. And, I mean, that is one of the – I mean, it's one of the top high school football programs in the country. So Exactly. He's Not been, just Texas, in the country. No, no, the country. I mean, yep. they're, they're winning state titles. And, let, listen, we, like we just talked about basketball, you know, you have disappointment on a three-game losing streak. Down at North Shore, it, taking second in the state, losing in the state title game, they consider that a bad season. So this kid comes from a great program, and he's a good player. Now, I always do this to you, John, and and so with that said, I'm going to do it again. I know KU officially announced the portal transfers on Tuesday. I want to get your take and your scouting report on each one. We're going to go rapid fire like we already always do. I'm just going to go right down the list. You ready to go here? Yeah, if I get to rambling, I guess you got to just cut me off. Okay, all right, I'll keep you moving. Austin Booker. Yeah, defensive end from University of Minnesota. You know, I, I think Booker's legit 6'5". I can't remember what KU listed him at on their uh, release, but, you know, 6'5", maybe 6'6", 240 pounds. Again, we, we talked about guys with length. I mean, he's got like, I want to say like an 85, 86-inch wingspan. Um, he, he played at Minnesota, and Panagos did not recruit him, but he knows Panagos from Panagos's days at Minnesota. He's heard a lot about him. Tall, rangy guy. I think, you know, he's going to be a guy that can help out because Kansas needs some help at defensive end. What about J.B. Brown? Yeah, linebacker out of Bowling Green. You know, we just talked about this on the board. You know, he was kind of a backup, right? But the backup, he he, he was backing up a guy that had 125 tackles the year before and was on, he was even on like some preseason All-American list. So it's not like he was backing up a bad football player. The things that I heard about J.B. Brown is Bowling Green played UCLA and they played Mississippi State. And I heard that when you turn on the film and watch him against those two teams, those are two of his best games he played. Against UCLA, he had like eight tackles. Against Mississippi State, I want to say he had like five tackles. He had a sack. He forced a fumble. So, I mean, you can turn on the film and watch his kid play against two really good Power 5 football teams, and he played, played very well. What about Logan Brown? Well, yeah, Logan Brown's the, you know, right now he's the headliner of the class. You know, he's the number, he's the number one, I believe he's the number one offensive tackle in the portal rated by rivals. He's the number five player overall in the entire portal with 1,300 people in it, okay? Four-star kid out of high school. Listen, this guy, this guy's going to be the guy they look to come in and take over Earl Bostick's spot at left tackle. Um, What I thought was Real interesting with him, Randy. This kid could have gone a lot of places. Okay, he would have had a lot of offers. Kansas got on him right away. He visited really fast. He committed, and he never wavered. When I heard when I heard guys were coming in to start like picking their housing or doing some of this stuff, I heard like Logan Brown was one of the first guys in. So <laughs> that, that that's that's pretty cool to hear a guy like that that could have he could have backed out of his commitment, and gone to other schools, but he stuck with KU. What about Patrick Joyner Jr.? Well, probably um, uh, six six three ish, two forty. Def- defensive end out of Utah State. He started his career at Miami. He had offers from every school in Florida. I think Florida offered, Florida State offered, Miami offered, Central Florida. Everybody offered him. Um, 
he, he's going to have to help be an answer to Lonnie Phelps. And that's why Kansas went after him. I mean, Lonnie Phelps announced he was going to the NFL. And once Patrick Joyner went in the portal, Kansas went right after him. KU and TCU offered within like 15 minutes of each other. And the big thing, I think, with Joyner picking Kansas, Randy, was TCU plays a 3-4, okay? And you know in the 3-4, you're looking for your ends to be like 265, 275. Well, in KU's 4-3, I think he fit the scheme better. And I believe he even told the the TCU coaches that, that, hey, I'm going to go to Kansas. I think I'm a better fit. And this guy is going to be a big piece with that pass rushing. Tell me about Seth Keller. Yeah, you know, usually the kickers don't ever get much mentions, but um, he came from Texas State, and he kicked, uh, what was it, 86. I think it was 86% of his field goals he made in his career there. So, I mean, that is solid. Um, he, I know when he was on his visit to Kansas, he was supposed to go to Memphis, and then North Carolina was also blowing up his phone because they had lost out on a target. So they they totally went after him. And he committed to KU on his visit and called the other schools and said, I'm not coming. So he's on campus for spring football. And I mean, there, there's your, I would say, the the clear favorite to, to right now to win the kicking job. Okay, Gage Keys. Yeah, Gage Keys, uh, great connection to the Kansas program because Panagos recruited him to Minnesota. Okay, 6'5", 280-ish, 285, uh, defensive lineman. He's more of an inside guy. Um, he's not your typical clogger because he's got some athleticism. Another guy with some length at 6'5", 280. And, and you know, Randy, th- this is what people have to understand. that Just because a guy was a backup, okay, doesn't mean he can't play. And he was a backup at Minnesota. But Minnesota had the ninth-ranked defense in America. Okay, so they got good guys. He yeah. still played a lot of football. I looked at his PFF ranking the other day. It was like 68.5 or 69. I can't remember. But it was a real solid ranking. He played in like seven or eight games for Minnesota. So, I mean, he is a good football player. And the thing you like there, Panagos knows what he's getting, and and you can't beat prior relationships. What about Spencer Lavelle? Yeah, you know, he started at Arizona State. And we just talked about it a little earlier. Then he went to Cal. He started the first three games of the season. He got hurt against Notre Dame, missed the rest of the season. You know, he came in. He, he loved KU. He's big into the strength and conditioning, really hit it off with Matt Gildersleeve. You know, this, this guy's now, he's he's a monster. He's like 6'5", 335. So, again, Randy, this guy's played Power 5 football. And he is going to come in, and he's going to challenge for that starting guard job. I mean, just because the two guards coming back are returning starters doesn't mean they're going to win the job. They're going to have to compete for the job, and he's going to push people. Dylan McGee. Uh, Demarius McGee. Oh, Demarius McGee. You know what? I've got two names. You know, Here, let's, let me back up. Dylan McDuffie. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Dylan McDuffie. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Running back. He came from Georgia Tech. But more importantly, we just talked about relationships mm-hmm. and we talked about knowing who you're getting, which is so big in the portal game because that's one of the big things these guys do is spend so much time on background research and character and will they be a good fit. Dylan McDuffie was recruited to Buffalo by yep. Leipold, by Andy Kotelnicki. So they know him, they know what they're getting. Um, in 2021, he ran for 1,000 yards, went to Georgia Tech, started off getting some carries, then they dwindled. But listen, 
he's going to be a perfect fit to come in. They needed something with Kai Thomas leaving, all right, and you've got Devin Neal was banged up at the end of the season. He was banged up the season before that. Highshaw has been injured now a couple times, and, and a serious injury. And we, we sit here and we say before the year, God, Kansas has four running backs. They're deep, man. This is great, right? Well, here they were, end of the year. You know, you were relying on Devin Neal, who was pretty banged up, and he looked pretty good playing banged up in a couple games. But you had to replace Kai Thomas, and they did that with Dylan McDuffie. Demarius McGee. Yeah, cornerback from LSU. You know, he was recruited there by Corey Raymond. And if people don't know who Corey Raymond is, he is probably one of the best evaluators of cornerback talent in the in the country. He's as good as they get. He played there uh, for, for Corey Raymond. He played as a freshman, okay? And then when Brian Kelly came in, Corey Raymond said he was going to stay on staff, and then he bolted for Florida. So Kelly and that staff went out and signed two really good corners from the portal. So it knocked McGee to like second team. And the, the guys they signed, I looked them up on PFF, they were like 79.0 and 77.5 corners playing the SEC. So they, they signed some legit guys that knocked him down. He's an athletic guy, and uh, he can also play in the return game. Last guy on the por- in this portal class, Devin Phillips. Tell us about him. Yeah, you know, he started as an O-lineman uh, coming out of high school. He was about 6'2", 305, and then he went to uh, Colorado State and became a defensive lineman, and he started every game at Colorado State that he played. I want to say it was 32 or 33. I can't remember the number, but he started every game he played in at Colorado State. The The thing that I've heard about him is he is a wide body. He is a strong kid, but I, I, I've been told you're going to be surprised how well he moves, and he is my odds-on favorite to be one of the starting interior linemen. Oh, wow. Okay, now that's, that's, that's a little bit of scoop right there. Now, that said... Are there any last-minute surprises or, or anything that we might see that could pop up over the last few days heading into the the end of the, the late signing period? Yeah, you know, Randy, I don't think there's much. I still think they're looking for a punter, special teams. I, I do think that, um, that that is a priority. And I also we, – we need to wait and see what Akili Hubbard does from Golden West that we talked about earlier – and listen, man, the portal never sleeps. It might take a little nap, but it never sleeps. <laughs> so now remember this. The portal's going to open back up after spring football. Okay, we're going to go through this all again. And I mm-hmm. definitely expect to see some action in the spring. I think there will be players that leave Kansas. I think there's some players that maybe were thinking, hey, I'll go through spring football. And it's just not Kansas. It's everywhere. They're yeah. gonna, we're going to watch how spring football goes. We're going to see what kind of reps we get or we don't get. And I guarantee you there will be guys that go in the portal. And then Kansas will be on the lookout for new players. It happened last spring. It'll happen this spring. And remember this too. As a grad transfer, you can enter the portal whenever you want. So although the portal's closed now and it doesn't open back up, if you're a grad transfer, I saw a couple enter today. If you're a grad transfer, you can go in the portal whenever you want. So, man, it's just always something, Randy, that you just got to watch every day. That's the final word from our man John Kirby on the Kansas football beat, and that will do it for another edition of the Inside Slant podcast from jayhawkslant.com. We talked about the three-game 
Sky is falling, Kansas basketball losing streak. We went looked ahead to the matchups with Kentucky and Kansas State. We talked about what it's going to take to get this team out of this three-game slide. Then we kicked it over to the football side. We talked recruiting. We talked transfers. We looked ahead to what could happen here in the, the late signing period. You are officially up to date with everything going on with Kansas Jayhawk Athletics. If you are not a subscriber yet to Jayhawk Slant, man, there is no better time than right now. With everything going on, we're in the thick of the Big 12 slate with Kansas men's basketball and Kansas football. Signing period is just about to start, the late signing period, and then they roll right into spring practice when everything kicks off at the end of February. There's so much to cover, so much information on the message boards and exclusive content from John Kirby and Shea Wildeboer. There is no better place on the net for Kansas football and basketball fans than JayhawkSlant.com. If you are a subscriber... Share the podcast with friends of yours that are in Jayhawk Nation. Spread the word. Spread the gospel of the inside slant to them. Let them know that they need to sign up and be a member of the best fan site on the net for KU fans. For our man Shay Wildeboer, for my good friend John Kirby, I'm Randy Withers. You've been listening to the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. We will talk to you again soon. This has been a podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. 